What's going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam, and it's time for another episode of the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Get your family together. Let's all sit on the couch and let's talk some sports. Hallam, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good, man. Fourth of July weekend is, is coming up. Uh, you know, summer's in full swing. Sports are all going. A couple, you know, NBA's getting close to their championship, although I know another death blow to a star last night but baseball's in full swing so things are pretty good yeah we're recording this on wednesday in the morning just so everyone gets it from a context standpoint here ryan you mentioned what's gone on in the nba i mean it's one thing trey young missing last game but now Giannis Antetokounmpo not good hyperextended knee just when you think this milwaukee path to the title is clear cut not not going to happen just yet. It's going to be a challenge. And now Chris Middleton will have to lead them. We'll have to see where Giannis is for now. Western Conference Finals resume tonight. So we'll see if the Clippers can hang in there once again. Ryan, you and I talked about Paul George here. Trying to change his reputation a bit. Pandemic P trying to change it over. It's going to be hard to beat Phoenix, my man. Have you seen any of these teams in action as of late that are remaining? Uh- a little bit. I, I kind of feel like like Phoenix is kind of like the team of destiny. Uh, I don't know that it was expected, and you know better than I, coming into the playoffs, but they just seem like they've got everything rolling for them right now. And based on that injury, I'd be surprised if Giannis was back. Uh, as soon as he hit the ground, you just saw everything buckle. He went down hard. Uh, I'd be really surprised if he's able to play in either of the next couple games. And you got to figure with him out that, that the Hawks are able to take it. And, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, with with, with uh, Trey Young being actually pretty close to playing yesterday, I'd be surprised if he didn't play the next game. So you have to figure that down down the big star and, and Hawks probably have theirs that I figure we're probably, probably looking at a Hawks-Suns uh, final. Then we'll have to see. The big thing with the Hawks, good shooting. Bogdan Bogdanovich, who wasn't in this series when it came to shooting, you would think that he was just a non-factor finally came through and that was huge for them with Trey Young out so the Hawks haven't shot well in the playoffs for the most part so they're going to have to shoot well and not shoot themselves in the foot because they can definitely take this series now we'll see when we get more official word regarding Giannis so again Chris Paul deserves a title I've said this before at this point you're taking some of the stars like LeBron KD out of there I really think maybe Giannis now as well Chris Paul deserves a title, especially if anything, not only because he's an awesome player and has been an awesome player since day one of being in the league, but also because he's now taken two teams and he's made them better. It's been because of him. They took a dead-in-the-water Thunder team last year and made them a top-five team in the Western Conference. This year, although Phoenix was playing very, very well in the bubble, this year he takes this Phoenix team and makes them a top-two team in the Western Conference. And it's not Devin Booker as the only reason doing this. It's not DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul is great for a team. Great for team chemistry. A smart player. Doesn't fold under pressure. Can get it done in the arc, outside the arc. Good driver. Smart passer. He's got everything except that title. And he deserves a title. 
He's like the anti-Kyrie, right? Uh, oh, I know. You're <laughs> so right about that. That he, Kyrie does not deserve a title right now, especially after this past year. I mean, forget all the injuries, but then he decided to just take a week off randomly, something you would see in the last dance at Dennis Rodman. He needs a vacation. Okay, yeah. give him. You've got 48 hours. That's it, Dennis. Meanwhile, Kyrie's like, all right, guys, I'm off the next few games. What? Why? I don't know. I'm just off. Things have to change with that. You see, you're you're opening up a box, Ryan Hallam. That he didn't even bring up when he wanted to start his own league. Remember dude, that? Oh, the pandemic? Stop it. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. It's oh we, we man, I could really go down this road. You know what though? Let's not go down this road All right now because I can spend the next 35 minutes talking to you about why Kyrie Irving is the ultimate idiot of the week. But instead, let's talk a little fantasy football. Draft Guide is hot right now at FantasyAlarm.com as part of the new three-headed beast that is FantasyAlarm.com, WagerAlarm.com, DFSAlarm.com as well. And with that, our articles are starting to pop out one after another after another. And especially with this Scott Fishbowl draft happening, also Superflex and Tight End Premium, our buddy Mr. Hallam, wrote an article about Superflex strategy that you can get on the site as part of the guide under $20. Let's go. Let's stay one step ahead of the game. Hallam, I can't parade this saying anymore. One step ahead of the game. People are like, I got this in August. No. No. Get to us now on our Discord now. If you can get some extra help before the rush, why wouldn't you take advantage anyway? And we have, uh, what is it, Draft Now, I believe, is the promo code for another 20% off. Oh, even better. Giving it away. Yeah, seriously. Giving it away. You know what, Ryan? You're better than me. I wasn't even going to say the promo code because, you know, (laughs) it was already cheap enough. I'm just kidding. Anytime we get a chance to give anyone a value, you're going to get the ultimate value, which is our living draft guide. Ryan's written stuff about it. I'm going to be writing an article in that draft guide. I'm going to be doing ADP TV as well as I've already started here, looking at these ADPs early. And Ryan, let me ask you about this guy for when it comes to average draft position, because I love looking at the draft trends. And someone who I saw going, if not right at the end of the first round, definitely first few picks in the second round. Now I'm starting to see him go towards the end of the second round in more recent high stakes drafts. Joe Mixon. Oh, the athletic reporter about the Bengals came out and said, expect 15 to 20 receptions. Oh my God, let's upgrade him just like that. This guy from The Athletic, he said it, 15 to 20 receptions. Let's do the math, add it up. He's gonna be better than this player, this player. Let's slow down a little bit. Let's just pump the brakes. It's one report. We don't know. And that's the thing, Ryan. Let's start with Mixon and then let's go into the minutia that is off-season reporting and headline writing. So where are you at with Joe Mixon right now in, let's just say, a 12-team half-point PPR league? You're, I mean, starting, talking- you're starting three wide receivers if you wanted to get more technical. If we're talking end of the second round, I could start to swallow it. Uh, but I am not really a Joe Mixon guy. I don't know how many more times he has to let people down before they don't you know, learn. It's like you get kicked in the ass how many times before you're like, all right, let me not continue to do this exact thing over and over. Uh, whether it's injury problems or, or you know, whatever, uh, you know, the Bengals didn't exactly go out and improve their, their offensive line 
you know, they went out and drafted another wide receiver. And everyone is like, you see all over Twitter, it's like, oh, Najee Harris, how's he going to run behind what offensive line? But you're going to draft Joe Mixon. Like, it's like Cincinnati's offensive line is any good. So, uh, you know, I thought they, they whiffed on an opportunity. I don't really – I mean – Granted, they drafted a great wide receiver, but I think their bigger need was offensive line. So, yeah, if we're talking into the second round, I can swallow Mixon, uh, depending on, of course, who I took in the first. But, uh, you know, late first, early second, I I want no part of him there. Yeah, that's where I stand as well. And when it comes to him, I mean, look, at some point, some of these players drop when it comes to value. You take advantage of the value, but you have to put yourself in a position to protect yourself, especially if you are taking a risk early on. And a lot of us are going to be taking risks. And I've been going back and forth with our guy, John and Pemba, about Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. You're sitting there third overall. Right now, as of this moment, I'd say Henry, but, and I spoke to Howard Bender about this, I need that 100% confirmation that Jameis Winston is going to be in for a majority and a giant majority of the game, which, look, it makes sense. He should be in there. But until I'm told that, dude, how many times have we been duped in sports over the last few years, Hallam? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And it wasn't like Taysom Hill did anything great last year. I mean, the the, the win-loss record was okay. But, I mean, he was a complete disaster for, for a fantasy football perspective. And Alvin Kamara, not that Sean Payton gives a crap about that, uh, but uh, he's just not a real quarterback, man. He's a gadget player. That's what they need to keep him at. That's where he's at his best rather than touching the ball, you know, 30 times in a game. So I'm hoping it's Winston. But I don't have – I, I got to tell you, I don't have a ton of confidence that it's going to be. I've drafted Winston to best ball leagues as my, you know, third quarterback, uh, hoping that he gets the start because I think he can do well. But – I, I right now personally, if I was to put together a Saints depth chart, I'd put Winston at the top. But if we got news tomorrow that Taysom Hill was going to be the starting quarterback, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. I just feel like Sean Payton wants to think he's smarter than everybody else, likes the, the you know the different things that he can do with Hill. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if if Hill's the starter, unfortunately, and that would you know. If, I hope it wouldn't do to Kamara's value what it did last year. You would think if it was going to be like the full season, be like, hey, I've got this awesome friggin' dynamic weapon who can catch the ball probably better than he can run from the backfield. <laughs> Maybe I should use that. Uh, but, I mean, I think he started four games last year, and he didn't. So I, you know, I kept waiting, like, oh, this week he's going to throw to Kamara. It's stupid. Why isn't he? And he just didn't. But uh, I don't know if I figure if he's the – Maybe it's just you know, me hoping or thinking or, or trying to be smart, but uh, I, 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 you have to go into it. I think if he's the starter, I think Kamara gets bumped down a couple spots in the in the first round. I'm wondering because I've seen Michael Thomas go in the 30s in a good amount of drafts. I'm wondering if Taysom Hill, again, I think it's going to be Winston. You think it's going to be Winston, but you're you wouldn't be surprised if it is Taysom Hill. If it is Taysom Hill, Michael Thomas now, let's say, slips down to the fourth round. Now what do you do with him? I mean, at what point, with Taysom Hill under center, do you pull the trigger on Michael Thomas? Because I'm loving his ADP right now, thinking it's going to be Jameis, but it can also work the other way, Ryan, because if we find out, let's say, August 1st, it's Jameis, then... Michael Thomas's ADP, he's going to be moving up the board, man. So it's really what it comes down to for these Saints players is when you draft this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with Michael Thomas, no matter who the quarterback is. I, I know Hill, he wasn't really healthy last year, but I know he did have one really good game with Hill. And let's be honest, as much as he's not throwing to Kamara, if he's not throwing to Michael Thomas, who the hell is he throwing to? And I, and I love this new narrative this year of Michael Thomas, oh, Mr. Slant Machine. You weren't complaining he was a slant machine when he had 140 catches two, week, two years ago and eight or nine touchdowns and was the number one quarterback I mean, wide receiver week after week after week. And when you guys did the pie bet, who was the first wide receiver that was drafted <laughs> every week was Michael Thomas. So give me the, you know, if you're in a PPR league, give me slant machine man all day long, especially if he's still going to be the easy number one receiver. Uh, so I'm actually fine with Michael Thomas, either guy. I think he gets a little bit of bump with Winston, but I, I don't, even if it's Taysom Hill, I, I think Thomas is being undervalued right now. Dude, you could get him right at the end of that third round. It's amazing, man, and I know that we're going to get into a few minutes of super flex here. We don't want to give away all the candy for free. You're going to go to FantasyAlarm.com and read Ryan's work, but just saying, man, again, I'm trying to view every player individually, but seeing what I've seen be available at the end of the third round, in the fourth round, when it comes to receiver, it's glorious. It's amazing. Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin. Adam Thielen right there. Allen Robinson right there. Ryan, there's a whole treasure chest of receivers in that area. And being that they're there right now, and I know this because a lot of casual players based off what happened last year with the crap show that was running backs underperforming and running backs getting hurt, they're going to feel paranoid that they have to go running back because that's what I've seen thus far. Running backs getting really bumped up, especially as well With the Devontae Adams situation, I've seen him literally go, about a month ago, I've seen him go from a mid-first round pick to a now mid-to-late second round pick. There's another guy who's completely being uh, undervalued now because of his quarterback situation. And I I still honestly think Aaron Rodgers will be back and will be under center. But I don't really care who's the quarterback. Like, Devontae Adams, one, is their by far number one receiver. And two, is just, to me, so awesome. I don't know that it matters. Uh, You know... DeAndre Hopkins, for for most of his career, before they drafted Deshaun Watson, had garbage quarterback after garbage quarterback, and he continued to put up numbers. And I can see Devontae Adams being the same guy. Uh, And I completely agree with you. Like, my strategy so far, and I really haven't done too many drafts yet, uh, most of them in best ball, is is waiting on wide receiver. There's just so many, so many. Uh, You don't really need to to reach early. Uh, That's why, and I think that's part of why running backs have been uh, so overvalued this year, and I completely agree that they are. And I think that's why a lot of quarterbacks, I think, are going a little bit earlier in Superflex leagues. Like A lot of people are taking quarterbacks first, first round in Superflex leagues, and I just think that wide receivers are just there. I don't call them a dime a dozen, but, man, there are so many good ones and, and so few you know, bell cow running backs that uh, it just makes sense to grab the running backs early and then come back for wide receivers after. So let's talk Superflex for a second, Helm. And you can talk about a little bit what you wrote in your article, which is live on the site right now. When it comes to Superflex, when is Ryan Hallam taking a quarterback versus when is Ryan Hallam not taking a quarterback in the first round or two? Do you feel forced? Do you see the flow of the draft? Or do you have a concrete plan going in? You know, I never really have a concrete plan going in. Uh, because I never know what's going to happen in front of me. Obviously, if you have like, the first three picks, you can come in and be like, okay, I'm going to take you know, McCaffrey or Cook or, or one of those. But uh, I, I'm going to take a quarterback in the first two rounds in a super flex league. I mean, I wrote, if you, you check out the article, uh, you know, Drew Locke last year, who 
let's face it, no one wants or no one likes or no one thinks is any good. Outscored, I think, every running back but three and about every wide receiver but about five or six. So do you want a quarterback in that super flex spot? Absolutely. I, I, I definitely carry three quarterbacks on my roster in super flex leagues because it just does you well to have that position in that spot. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game. I mean, that's why it's important. That's why it, it adds different strategy to the league because having a guy who can put up potentially 30 fantasy points uh, is game-changing over, over a running back who would have to have a pretty incredible day uh, to reach that. So yeah, definitely in the first two rounds. And then, you know, then I usually wait, you know, five, six, something like that to grab the second, but I definitely want, you know, I, I have a group of guys uh, that I think are good for your second quarterback. Can I ask that, for uh, one? Can I ask absolutely. one? Okay. I want to see. And again, I don't know this grouping of guys, but I will guess one quarterback. Okay. And that quarterback, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is in the article, absolutely. You know, it's funny because people badmouth Kirk Cousins all the time. And, and great. He's not a great actual uh, quarterback. He had a fantastic season this year. But we, we can't like Justin Jefferson and we can't like Adam Thielen and know how much Dalvin Cook catches the ball out of the backfield and not like the guy who's throwing them the ball. Like, if you think these guys are going to get this stats and Thielen is going to be a wide receiver too and Justin Jefferson has turned into a top you know eight wide receiver – the quarterback's throwing the ball. Like, so Cousins is going to put up good stats. Uh, so as mediocre, I didn't say mediocre, as average as he is as an NFL quarterback, he's going to have pretty good stats just based on the weapons around him. I mean, look at the year he had last year. Uh, you know, and really, what did they lose? They didn't really lose anything besides Kyle Rudolph, which is not really a loss. So, uh, you know, I see him putting up good numbers again this year. And, yeah, I think he's the, uh, a high-end quarterback, too, to be honest. And again, this is why we're getting ready now. Some of you might be entering Superflex for the first time. Some of you might not even realize that your leagues are changing to Superflex, and that's why you got to check the rules. And it's important. Another article as part of our draft guide that Howard Bender points out, the importance of knowing your league rules seems pretty simple, yet nobody reads the league rules, Ryan. It's a joke every single year. Oh, come on, Ryan. You don't read the league rules? Come on, I mean, dude. I You're a veteran. I take a peek. I look at the roster construction. I look to see if it's PPR, and, and then you know maybe like the quarter, interception points and touchdowns for quarterback points. But I, I don't really dig deep dive. And yeah, you're you're the bracket setter. You're the you're the interesting, unique fantasy league setting. You're about to commission a league that I'm going to be in for Big Brother. I've never even seen Big Brother, and you're still commissioning the league anyway. And yet you don't read the basic rules. In your fantasy leagues, Hallam, come on, man. I mean, they're all they're all generally around the same. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Come on, man. I mean, look, look, you're you're right. I'm overselling a little bit. But when it comes to strategy, especially early draft strategy and standard versus PPR, you're you're taking a few more things into consideration. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I'll look at PPR now, this new tight end premium fad that's going on. Uh, you know, there's a few different different things that I definitely want to look at. Uh, IDP, although I don't think I play in any of those and not really interested in doing it anymore. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there's like five or six things to look at real quick. Yes. I want like a league constitution and. Oh, you see, know. that's that's where I'm with you. That's where I'm with you. I can't stand it. My brother-in-law has this. 35,000 page league constitution, <laughs> and he tries yeah. to show me. I'm like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. That's not fun to me. 
Right. I don't understand how – A, I don't understand how people have the time to keep up with that kind of constitution and all the rules and real money. And if you want to spend a dollar of fake money, you have to put in $2 of real money. Who has time for this? Seriously. I hear this, and it gives me a migraine, man. And it's it takes the. I mean, look, if you have the time, and besides your your job, this is all you do. Their job in your specific league with a thirty thousand page constitution, go for it. If that's how you have fun, all about it. I I've seen that kind of constitution, and it just looks too intense and too stress inducing, Ryan. So. With that, let's play the KISS strategy. Keep it simple, stupid. That's how we do it. And with that, because I just brought that to the table, and I'll bring other things to the table as well. The family table, Ryan Hallam, what are you bringing? Well, you, you, you started a little bit of spoil there with the fantasy big brother. As you know, I'm always good for something that's not sports-related. The latest bracket is the TV theme show bracket. Uh, yeah, check it out. Try to do a nice mix of old and new. So uh, I just put up... Four new polls last night, so by the time this airs, these will be done. But uh, they, we're just getting to the end of the first round. Fantasy Big Brother is coming. There's still time to get into that if you listen to this on time. They haven't announced the, the cast, so we haven't been able to draft this yet. And coming at the end of the month, we are uh, we're going to do Fantasy Olympics, too. The, the Olympics start. Uh, I don't really like them, but, hey, it's something else to talk about and do and have fun with. So I'm trying to come up with a little point system outside of uh, just medal count. So uh, that that will be coming in the next couple weeks as well. Yeah, Ryan, I appreciate that you're at least trying out new things. That's called being an innovator right there. So I give you credit in regards to all that in Fantasy Big Brother. By the way, very quickly, when it comes to TV show themes, if I had to pick one theme that, that I love, maybe, and we play it on Alarm After Hours, the final song that plays at the end of every week Happy Days. Come on, happy. man. How great is the Happy Days theme? Dude, happy days. you're like you're like you're like a good cross between Ralph Mouth and Potsy because you kind of <laughs> look like Potsy and you have a goofiness of Potsy, but your sense of humor is more the Ralph Mouth. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh Happy Days is a 3 seed. Uh, I named the brackets after the Golden Girls, so it's in the Blanche bracket. And the Golden Girls is a classic theme song. And a little shout-out to my man, Javon Paris, who uh, back when he was Sirius XM producer, we used to talk about that uh, theme song a lot. So happy days that beat one day at a time in the first round. We'll face off with the Simpsons in round two. Oh, come on, man. Happy days isn't beating the Simpsons. Happy days theme is a much better theme than the Simpsons. But watch, the Simpsons are going to win, I'm telling you. I didn't think The Simpsons was all that great of an actual theme song. Like, it's kind of funny, but it's the just... Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. And then just music. Yeah. That's, I thought it was kind of a subpar. I was kind of talked into putting up higher than... I, I originally had it like a 13 seed, and then I was talked into putting it up higher. So I'm hoping Happy Days wins. What are your uh, other got, one seeds besides Golden Girls? Golden Girls, Friends, Fresh Prince, and... Uh, Golden Girls, Fresh Prince, Friends, and Cheers. Ooh, okay. I mean, Fresh Prince. That's such yeah. a good, that's that's gotta win. That's it, that has to at this point. Happy Days no way beats Golden Girls. That is so not happening. But I'm I'm glad you made Happy Days a three seed. Yeah, it's a great theme. It's in the Cheers bracket, so it's, it's got Cheers, the Jeffersons, and then Happy Days in that one. So uh, 
it, it's it's going to be tough, man. A lot of these first rounds were, were really hard, so I can't imagine what it's going to be like at the end. This has been a lot of fun. It took me a long time to put this together because I really tried to put a lot of thought into it. TV more than show I probably themes should've. are awesome. I can only imagine where you have Greatest American Hero. That is a five seed in also in the Happy Days bracket. Uh that was that one I put a little bit lower because I didn't know how many people knew that one. You know, I don't know what what the demographics of my Twitter following is, uh, but that is a, an awesome theme. I try to give more you know credence to like actual songs with lyrics over the instrumentals, uh, and and shows that had like songs made for them over me. You know, some that just take like an uh, uh, an existing song. yeah, like George Lopez for instance. Yeah, it didn't make money. low rider. <laughs> So like so many, I did like eight playing games. So I had like this like I don't know, almost eighty before I finally had to cut it off. I could have I could have gone well over a hundred. Oh, I love TV show themes. That is awesome. I am going to give something that's not as much fun to talk about when it comes to what we're bringing to the family table. But now I feel like I have to raise a certain awareness. I get it. Everyone's has their mentality. We're free. Things are better. The world is opening up again in our country. Everything's opening up. That's great. Let's not forget the basic rules and fundamentals of what to do and what not to do when you're in an automobile. Please. This isn't 2000. There is no reason why you should be holding a phone while you drive. Yes. Even in a residential community, you have kids playing all over the streets You have dogs that are off leashes, which is mind-blowing to me because then the dog, because I've seen multiple friends, unfortunately, their pets get hit by a car and Mm. and it's, you know, you wonder what the common denominator is. We'll keep the dog on a freaking leash. But when it comes to driving, just be careful when you're driving. Don't hold your damn phones. There's no reason to do that. Get a mount. Put it on your freaking air vent. That's all you do. Clip it there, put the phone there, and use it as a press touch screen. That's what it's supposed to be for. Don't hold. You shouldn't be holding it up to your ear. And the other thing is slow down speed racers that want to just switch lanes over and over again trying to cut people off. There's no need for that. Just because we're all happy to get out again, we all have to be safe. And when it comes to the cars especially, no reason anyone should be holding their phones or wearing headphones while they're driving as well. That's also something, Ryan, that I really don't like. And that's something that we all need to be safe about. Huh, I never knew that people put headphones You didn't know people wore their their iPhone earbuds or whatever while they're they're in the car? I I don't know that I've seen that. No, I don't know that I've seen that. I mean, I live in a much smaller place than you do, but... No, dude, trust me. It, it, definitely, I've seen it. I've seen it on phones. Yes. Everywhere you see people on it's, the phone. It's but scary, I, man. It's scary that people just don't realize what they have in their hands when they're driving a car. But that's all I'm going to say about that. It's summertime. The weather's fine. You all want to go out. Just be safe while doing it. He's Ryan Hallam. Give him a follow on Twitter at Fighting Chance. I'm Justin Fensterman. Give me a follow at Fence D Sports. Matt Sells will be back with us next week. But all together, the family always sticks together. FantasyAlarm.com. Get the draft guide right now. Under $20 on the site. DFSAlarm.com. WagerAlarm.com as well. Because all together, as a family, we always dominate. Because there isn't any other option. We just win.